Hello and welcome to Healthline 3, I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking about hospice care and also hospice volunteer programs, which is very important. And we're here with Executive Directory, Director Emily Vikas and Volunteer Manager Ashley Walton. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show. And as a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned down all the way before making your call. The number is 318-219-4569. And be sure to call us and talk directly with Emily and Ashley about all of your questions about hospice care. So if you're wondering anything about that, these are the ladies to talk to. Thank you for being here. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. <laughs> well, Emily, let's start with you. We talked during midday just a little bit. You're the executive director, but you've worn several hats there in that particular, with Christus Hospice in particular. So tell us, what is it like? What do you do there? Because people may not know, it is a lot of going out and taking care of people, but there's a central place where you all gather. Yes. And you have in, you're all in communication about everything and every patient. Everybody knows what's going on. So set it up for us as executive director. What goes on there? So I did. I started out as case manager. So I, and then I've kind of made my way up to where I am now. Um, my original job as a case manager is more out in the field, more patient care related. Um, I take care of you know would, was to take care of a team of my patients um, and their needs at that time. Now my job is more focused on you know the inner office of things and making sure that the case managers in the field are taking care of their patients and making sure that they have the needs that they need as well as my aides and my social workers and my chaplains and as well as all the scheduling that goes inside of the inner office and the billing and things like that. <clears throat> so there's a lot that goes inside that little uh, office off of Ashley Ridge. <laughs> there is. That's yes. a nice little office off of Ashley Ridge, you're right. And it does. It takes a lot and it is a big team. It's a whole team yeah. effort. It's a, definitely a team effort. And has that helped you being over, being a case manager over a team of patients, a team of nurses, a team what moving on up to now taking care of this team. It's kind of been this thread for you the whole way. Yes, and it gives you a kind of an idea as now their leader that I know what each of them go through, you know, and what each of them sh may struggle with and that I can be that support for them and help them in any way that they need. It sounds like a very close-knit group there. It is. Yeah, and I guess you really need that. That really shows, I think, yes, uh, especially in what you're doing with Christus. And so part of that, go ahead and let's go through the team, because they missed it during the, the midday. Um, how many people, how many different types of people work in this team, and what does it take to, to run a hospice, and, and who are your team members? We have a variety of people. You know, we have the people that's in the office. You know, you have the me, and then you have uh, my PCM, my patient care manager, and then you have a business office manager, and then we have Ashley, our volunteer coordinator. Um, and then in your outside of your field, you know, you have uh, your nurses and your chaplains and your social workers and your aides. Um, and then our part-time staff that we utilize and our volunteer workers that, you know, take care of a lot of things. Um, <laughs> so it's a, it's a whole huge team that makes sure that day-to-day -day the patients are taken care of. Right, and I love that today with you is Ashley, who takes care of the volunteers, who I think you might not know, people might not know. You think about hospice, you have the nurses and, and the, the healthcare and the medical side of it, but the volunteers are a, a huge part of that. They're non-medical and, yeah. and they do so much. There's yes. nothing too small or too big. And, and it's very structured, isn't it? Yes. Tell us about your, your volunteer department and just start from the first. What's it like? What's it like being a volunteer there? Well, if you volunteer with us, you can expect to make a difference in somebody's life, whether it be the patient, the caregiver, the family, um, any little thing 
accounts. I mean, we have volunteers, uh, administrative volunteers that just do administrative work and they come into the office and just do little things to help us out. Um, we make get, uh, gift bags for facilities and they come in and help out. Um, we have some patients that don't want the patient care do, to do patient care. They just want to be in the office and things like that. But um, we do have pa patient volunteers that go out and see the patients. Um, some of them have a really close bond with some of the patients because they've seen them so many times. Um, we have one patient where the, uh, one of my volunteers just takes a Dr. Pepper to her every week. She expects it. She's looking for it. <laughs> looking and for it. she she just absolutely loves it. Um, and we do several different things. We have a bereavement vol volunteer. He goes out um, and gives communion to a handful of our patients for about an hour or so a week, and they absolutely love it. Um, the caregivers really appreciate it. The patients love having that person come and just you know, show them that somebody else is there for them and somebody actually, you know, wants to help and be a part of it. It's another way that Chris's Hospice makes it so individualized and so yes. caring and about thriving because yes. um, we talk about so much trying to reframe that idea, that word hospice that can be kind of scary and seem right. so final. You want to talk about that a little bit, Emily? How, how, first of all, how does someone know um, when they're ready for it or a loved one is ready for it? A lot of times that's the hardest part is for them to figure out if they know. Um, Really, they have to have a terminal illness of a prognosis of six months or less. Um, but a lot of people think that with hospice, you have to be right there at the end to be able to receive those services. Um, and it's kind of a lack of education. We educate, we're trying to get more education out there every day um, so that they know that we have some patients that are still walking and talking and going out and getting their hair done. And then we have some that are, they're bed bound and they require a lot more care. But it's really about that terminal illness and it's just calling and discussing, hey, this is what's going on and letting us guide them on if they're ready. Um, and it's also educating that family to make sure that they know that we're there for support and that we're there to help guide them, um, especially the ones that are at home. And it's a lot of stress on new families when a patient's needing to be taken care of at home. And so we're there to provide all the support that we can. <clears throat> Which is really something to talk about when I think it's so important that you're here because you see so many people that thrive and I've heard that there's only two qualifications to sign up. You have to get that prognosis of six months or less and to agree to it. Absolutely. And that's yes. it. And that's then it. You, you sign up and there you go. And it's paid for. Mm -hmm. Insurance covers all, of, they don't pay for any of this. And, and tell us about um, what that means, what they get from that. If they need hospital bed, tell us about all the supplies. Every supplies that you can't even imagine, you might not have thought of that you might need, that's what you're there for. Absolutely, so um, when they initially come on, you know, we, like we talked earlier of all the people that are involved in hospice care, your chaplain, your social worker, all of those people, that, their insurance covers that as well. Um, we can have as many visits as you want, you know, but we also supply any medical equipment, you need a hospital bed, you need oxygen, you need suction. Um, sometimes it's things you don't even think that you might need, um, a lift. We also supply, you know, medical supplies, things that patients are, patients and caregivers are having to pay out of pocket for with loved ones at home, like diapers and pads and, and shampoo stuff that we can provide for them. Um, we provide, you know, fall mats and all kinds of things that hospice covers. We also provide a lot of their medications um, that you know it has changed used to it used to kind of just be the ones that were related to their diagnosis but they're kind of changing that to where we're covering most of their meds to take care of them as a whole 
Um, and that's another thing that, you know, a lot don't understand. We don't just discontinue all of their medications. You know, we come in and we get with the physician and if they're still benefiting that patient at that time, we still take care of all of those. It's really amazing to talk about this and change the minds of someone. I was even changed. I didn't know that. I thought I had that picture too, that if someone is on hospice, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm so sorry, what can I do? I imagine the person is in the bed, they can't get, they're either totally alone mm -hmm. or they're surrounded by their loved ones because they can't do anything, that hospice is there to take care of them. And couldn't be further from the truth. That is Absolutely. sometimes the way it is. But do you, what do you find when someone can be as healthy as the three of us look walking around fine, we get that prognosis? On the outside, we don't look like anything's wrong. We can still take care of ourselves. We're doing great. Um, and when we tell people this is the time to go sign up for hospice, because there's more to it than just taking care of you, right? It's mm -hmm. that 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 freedom mm -hmm. and that ease of mind. Because a lot of times, hospice really takes care of the family members Absolutely. almost yes. more than the patient at that time. Do you find that too, Ashley? Yes, especially the especially volunteers. With the volunteers. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have. Um, volunteers that will go relieve the caregiver just to get an hour break, just to go get their hair done so they can take a breather. Um, that's what our volunteers are there for, um, you know, helping pick up a few groceries from the grocery store because the caregiver doesn't want to leave the, pati the patient. Um, just those little things that help out that they don't realize that we're there for that as well. Yeah, go ahead. And we really find it that, you know, it, it's disheartening for us whenever they do come on so late and they are there because they don't get to receive that full benefit of what hospice can provide to them. And so, you know, we love when we get them on when they're walkie talkies and we get to learn that personality and we get to, you know, build that bond with that patient and that caregiver and family. <clears throat> and so we encourage more, you know, even with our physicians and our other healthcare providers and even the families, just call us, even if you don't think that you know, you may or may not, we should, we'll be able to tell you absolutely, you know, you meet criteria, come on board with us. Because there will come a time, you know, whenever they do get to where they're declining and some ha happen faster than others, but we want them to be able to have that whole hospice benefit. Which is another great point. Get to know me now. Get to know someone while they're they are at their best, but they've been told this. They might not be. They may be feeling it. They may have some symptoms, but they're still able to drive around and take care of mm -hmm. themselves. And what better way for hospice to come in and and get to know you? Mm -hmm. So and get to know the family and help you with whatever. Maybe it's paperwork. Maybe it's who knows what. Uh, planning you know, planning on what you might need at this time, at this point, no, because it's a hospice nurse is very specific to hospice and a lot of the illnesses that come through, mm -hmm. right? So they might be better to tell you what you might need along the way. So I can imagine the comfort right away that hospice adds to the patient and the family right off the bat. Absolutely, and a lot of our patients think that, oh, I can't, I can't go to the podiatrist and I can't go to the dermatologist or I can't go, you know, wherever. Um, you know, we, if even if we're not specialized in that, you know, and it, say they have, you know, cancer and they want to go to the dermatologist or they want to go, you know, get their ears looked at, we don't, we encourage that, you know, so that they still are felt that they're being taken care of and you're not joining hospice and you think that it's just the end, you know, so that's another thing that we've really been educating on as well. Um, so, yeah. So, and it is a lot of education too, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much more. And, and I think that like, instead of us trying to decide every little thing, because there's just almost too much, because it's, 
it's almost like you, you're ready. There's almost no question that they can ask or something they ask for that you're like, yes. Mm -hmm. Or if I can't bring it to you, let me show you where to, where to take it. And we talked about medications. Volunteers will go pick up prescriptions. I mean, volunteers are there for every little thing, Everything. right? Yes, um, and like I said, we have several different types of volunteers. We have patient care volunteers. We have administrative volunteers. We have bereavement volunteers. Um, and they all play a part in every patient that we have. Um, we have one that just started with us and she's seeing a patient in Bossier for us and she'll go once a week just to play dominoes with him. She spends an hour with him just to play dominoes. She went um, and introduced herself and they hit it off and she asked what he would like to do that he misses the most and he said playing dominoes. So we ended up as um, my business manager at the office found some dominoes for us and brought them in so they should be playing dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> and what a better way to help someone volunteer because a lot of people may think well I'm not qualified to help. I want to be a part of hospice. I want to help people yeah. at this time in their lives but I'm not a nurse. I'm not an aide. I'm not qualified. I'm not clergy. I'm not anything like that, not trained, but a volunteer, um, you're giving All so types. much, yes. just and spending I mean, anywhere time. Anywhere from 15 to whatever age, uh, you can volunteer with us. Just just give us a call, ask for me, or we can sign you up. Um, of course, there's some training that goes along with it, just simple training, that way you know the basics of everything, and then we get you out there, whatever you're comfortable doing, we'll get you out there and get you set up. and get you volunteering. Which is another great thing to know. Yes. That it's not just, okay, I'm going to sign up and they're going to give me an address and send me to this house no, and I'm going to sit there. Not, it's no. amazing training. I like it is sit down, computerized right. with your company and training. And any questions they have, yeah. you know, of course we go over with and whatever. We want to make sure the volunteers are comfortable. That way they can do the best they can do. Um, like I said, if they want to stay in the office and just help out the office staff, that's a huge huge help for us in the back office um, and of course we, we ask them you know what they're comfortable doing you know what type of volunteering they want to do to make sure we meet their needs as well because we appreciate our volunteers very very much they're a huge part of our team huge part of the team yes. and this is like you this is really like sophisticated like you log the hours and a yes. lot of this that was up to you as the volunteer manager this is what you put together and you compile all this information it's all tracked and yes. this really validates what you're doing to help the company like you, this, these could be paid people but they're not their volunteers so these are hours that these are helping out also keeping Krista's hospice alive exactly. and going yes. because yes. they're volunteering and you're locking if we had to pay someone to do this this is what it would A cost but amount. here yes, we have these yes. wonderful community people are coming in and right. um, these community members helping us do this yep. so it's very it's very important to yes. be a volunteer there. Yes. And so they call you, walk us through it. They call you, how do they sign up? What um, happens? They can go online and fill out the application online or they can come into the office and do it with me. Um, I have several volunteers that, you know, aren't too savvy with the computer. So just bring them into the office and I help them along with it. Um, easy process. And once it's all done and in the system, it only takes a few days. And then, like I said, we sit with them and go over what they're comfortable with, what they want to do, um, what they think they're going to want to enjoy. and help out with and the volunteering and we go from there. And it's, there's no set requirement once you no. say volunteer you're not designated and right. obligated to do this. It's all based on this. what you want to do, what your your time, your availability and, and we base it off of that. Yes and, and give us an example like you might have an opportunity where you call a few and say hey I've got this yep. based on what they like yep. to do. When we have um, our weekly meetings with our staff if anybody comes to me, one of our nurses, a social worker, a chaplain, hey this patient is looking for some volunteer help, they want you know maybe a couple of days this week, somebody to go relieve them so they can run to the store. I'll just call up whoever I have, you know, whoever I have, depending on where the patient is, wherever my volunteer is, and see who's available at that time, and if they can, 
um, and we'll, we'll send somebody out at that point. Yes, ma'am. Wonderful. And I do want to remind our viewers too, this is a really good time to definitely call and talk to us about any, any questions that you might have about hospice care, um, when you get that prognosis or if you know someone in your family who might need that care and you have a question about what it's really like, call right now and talk to us. We'd love to answer your questions. So Emily, talk to us a little bit more about um, the how it's structured as far as um, you have this, you, you'll have a list of patients and they can be in facilities, they can be home. There's all different, different ways that hospice cares because it's so individual how they do. But everybody on your team, did they, does everybody on your team know everything about every patient? And how do you communicate throughout the day about how everyone is? Absolutely, so we have what's called a, um, an, an IDG meeting every Thursday as well with our medical directors. Um, and we discuss all of the patients every week. Um, just to make sure that nobody's missing anything. Um, we have a secured line that we use throughout the day. Uh, if a nurse needs something or they need help or the aide sees something on a patient that you know everybody needs to be made aware of, there's a lot of communication. There has to be um, because we all take care of the patients, um, even down to the, you know, volunteers, uh, an aide will be there and they'll, they'll text in the group, like Ashley said, and hey, we need this, this, and this, you know, and we try to accommodate that as, as quickly as possible for all of our patients, but they're discussed very frequently um, because a lot of them, you know, go from being okay to declining pretty quickly, and so we have to know, you know, what's going on with each patient and the status, um, that way that we get them what they need. And tell us what a medical director does. So our medical director, we have two. We have Dr. Massengill and we have Dr. Kana. Um, they are there for support with patient symptoms and things that are going on with the, the patients and they also determine you know, eligibility. We lean on our medical directors to, you know, if we don't quite see something, we call them and go, hey, this is what's going on. Um, Dr. Massingill is wonderful about coming out to the home and laying eyes on the patient if you know a nurse or one of us are just confused on what's going on and just needs extra help, extra guidance. Um, and they give us all of our orders. You know, if we, if a patient is at home and we show up and that patient's in a lot of pain, we're gonna call one of our medical directors um, and let them know, hey, I'm at bedside, this is what's going on. What do you suggest that I do? And they're both very versed in hospice. Um, and so they're, they're a wonderful asset to our team as well. <clears throat> Which is another thing that I think it's important to, to point out uh, with hospice, everyone is specialized to hospice. Mm -hmm. They've trained, they've learned this, it's hospice. It's not only nursing care. Now the nurses and aides will maybe come from other fields or come before they do hospice or some may just know they wanna be in hospice care, but they know specifically what to look for mm -hmm. and what to bring you and what to suggest when that comes up. Absolutely, and it's a, that's an educational thing for anybody that's in hospice. Um, you know, a lot of times our nurses and aides, uh, they come from home health and you know we have or wherever the hospital setting and and so it's a lot of education on our part you know to make sure that we know what symptoms to look for and what disease processes uh, how they each play out um, because every one of them's different Alzheimer's is a totally different disease process than cancer is you know and so we we have to be able to pinpoint those things um, and our medical directors you know especially Dr. Massingill does a lot of education with our uh, field staff as well within the inner office, just this is what's going on um, and what you need to look for. And you talk about different, um, do you see a lot of dementia and Alzheimer's? Is that the majority? Is there one thing that you see more of in this area or is it just a broad range? 
probably still, our Alzheimer's. Yeah, and Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our Alzheimer's, um, and they're typically with us a lot longer. Mm -hmm. um, that disease process, you know, typically takes a lot longer. Um, we have some heart failure. They're typically with us longer as well. Um, our cancer patients are the ones that we strive to get quicker um, because they their that disease process a lot of time is quick, um, and so we've provided some education with that as well so that we can get them on board sooner um, because it's aggressive a lot of times um, and we don't like getting them late you know once again just education mm -hmm. but yeah we see the a lot of ours are our Alzheimer's and heart failure um, and you got some respiratory uh, disease processes as well so yeah. we see a, we see a slew of things yeah. <laughs> and all um, age range too I know a lot of people think hospice is going to be an older patient it's just time they need the extra help but um, it could be any range it could be a 30 year old who's had an accident and the family mm -hmm. needs help taking care of him or her absolutely yes. we've had a, we've had a variety of ranges and we're you know even down to pediatrics you know mm -hmm. that as well um, but yes we've had all the way from 30 to to 100. Yeah. <laughs> to 100. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. And fall in love with each and every one of them. Yeah, I absolutely. can imagine the toll that must take. Um, I know it's easy to get very attached, but to stay objective with what each one yes. needs. So, uh, and do you have that with your volunteers too? Absolutely. Do you have that? I'm sure you're yes. a counselor at sometimes oh, too, yes. like walking yes. them through it. <laughs> and uh, It's hard not to get attached. Yeah. It really is. I mean, we spend a lot of time with um, our patients and we go to the facilities and see our patients. We attend um, events that the the facilities have. Um, we have a few volunteers that go weekly and play um, bingo at the facilities with our patients. Um, we do events and I mean we go and do all kinds of things and it, it, it does take a toll and you <laughs> definitely do get attached. Um, I've had a few volunteers that have come in and they praise everybody for just being in, in this kind of field and what we do and, and we praise them as well because it, it is a tough job, but yeah. we all love it. Yes, we, we have our crying sessions sometimes oh, yeah. too. <laughs> Which is such a blessing that you have each other. It must make you feel yes, even closer to absolutely. each other. It's a huge support system. Mm -hmm. It's a huge support. Sometimes we just have to talk it out because yes. we do have our ones that, you know, we're attached to all of them, mm -hmm. especially the ones that have been with us for for some time. A lot of people think hospice they're on us just a couple of months. We've had some a year later. A couple of years. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And they're still with us. So mm -hmm. you get you get very attached. Yeah. Which is a really good point. And there's so many studies right now, so much information out there how people who join hospice right after they get their prognosis and they have six months actually live longer yes. than that six month prognosis. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it they attribute to the hospice care because it's a relief. You've got someone there. I know I've talked to um, experienced hospice patients who just knowing that it's there, like the medication for when they might need it is there on the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. They can see it, they know it, um, and you're gonna take care of them, that you're gonna be there when they need it. That can be a huge relief to someone who, for the unknown, they don't know what's right. coming. And you're there for, there's, you are about nothing else but support and comfort. Yes. Just support and yes. comfort, even down to literally blankets, mm -hmm. socks, <laughs> gloves, <laughs> whatever they need. Yes, I know that right. you had, yeah, we yes. just collect whatever we need for everybody. Yes. And uh, so not only volunteers, actually, let's talk a little bit too about you go see specific patients in facilities. And when we say mm -hmm. facilities, let's talk about what that really means. What, what do we mean when we say facilities? So we have, a, um, we have a home hospice, and then we also have hospice that is intertwined with the nursing homes and the assisted livings. Um, you know, it just depends on what the patient's needs are. Some have family members that work Monday through Friday, 
and they can't be there all the time. Um, so they do utilize the nursing homes or the assisted livings and we go in just the same. Um, we just coordinate with those facilities, the staff there to take care of the patient as well. Which is a really good point. So say someone's at home, but they need to go into a nursing home for some care, even if it's for a little while, you are still their nurse. Mm -hmm. They're not going, they're not gonna lose your care. Mm -hmm. You yeah. go in there, it's an understanding with that, with the nursing home or the, whatever facility it is, rehab, they are understanding. That's a contracted understanding yes. that yes. you come mm -hmm. in there and you are still their nurse. So yes. they take you with them wherever they go and then when they go back home again. And the good thing about that is, uh, you know, we have a social worker that can come in and help them these are nursing homes, you know, this is what each one of them entails, you know, and they can help them start that process and move them in, you know, easily that, so that it's not all on the family. That's why it's a little bit mind blowing too. Like it's almost like you're, you're, just, you're just one step ahead all the time with the comfort and the support. And you've done it so long and so many times, I'm sure you're like, wait, wait for it, wait for it. Yep, we got that. <laughs> and so you could just, and the, like the social worker was like, what do you want? Okay, I'll take care of it. Mm, they get absolutely. the paperwork on, they take care of mm -hmm. it. You really don't have to do anything but mm -hmm. care for yourselves right. and, and your family members. And also talk, Ashley, you, you will go to facilities like for St. Patrick's Day or Valentine's Day. You go visit the facilities where yes. you have someone else. So you're not only going right to the room, you'll go there and just have a big bingo. It's bingo night for everybody yes. there. So you have a presence in the facility. Yes. So you're not just sending right. these patients to a place and you're only going to their room. You know the place. Right, no, when we go in, we normally see the staff, the nursing staff at the nurses station. Um, like you said, St. Patrick's Day, Valentine's Day, we'll, I'll have my volunteers come in the office and we'll make little gift bags for the staff, just so the staff knows that we, you know, we appreciate them being there for w as well, knowing we're still taking care of the patient. Um, and then of course we'll go visit the patients that we have at the facilities and just hang around and visit with them. And sometimes that's all they want is just somebody to talk to for a little bit um, or just have somebody to just listen to them about their day and how they're feeling. I think that's one of the biggest comfort yes. um, things that we can say about a volunteer because yes. as we know when someone is ill or, or older or just seeing that end is near maybe, um, just time. Mm -hmm. It's just time with someone to hold yes. their hand. And that's yes. what those volunteers do. No question. Just no go question and sit. What asked. do you want? Yes. What do you need? Okay. You <laughs> yes. may sit there for two hours holding someone's hand while yeah. it's giving what's called respite to their caregiver right. to go and just get a break. And that way the, the caregiver knows they're taken care of and they have somebody there that'll listen and support them. Even if the patient's just sleeping, when the caregiver runs out to go, you know, just take a breather or go get their hair done. If the patient's just sleeping, that's a relief for the caregiver to know somebody's there. She's going to be taken mm -hmm. care of regardless. And if anything happens while volunteers there, they know immediately just to call the office staff and we'll get a nurse out immediately to do whatever we need to do. That's exactly what I was going next. <laughs> you're, you're available 24-7 by phone. Yes. yes, we are available 24-7. There's always a nurse on call um, and there's always a physician on call um, to make sure that we handle you know any emergencies that come through during the night because it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so there's always someone and we've just moved to a new triage so there's an extra person that's there to triage your phone call and take your time, take their time to see what's going on, and then they rel relay the message to the nurse that's on call. I'm um, gonna visit needs to be made at one, two, three o'clock in the morning. We, you know, we're gonna go out and handle what needs to be handled. And how much information do they need to have? They can just call you and tell you a little bit about what's mm -hmm. going on, and you take care of it from there. Yeah, and we're gonna ask the appropriate questions. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of them. You know, a lot of times it's a crisis that they're in. Sometimes it's just hey, I forgot about my pads that I needed. Will you tell my nurse tomorrow and we'll handle that? But some, a lot of times it's a crisis that, you know, we can talk them through over the phone. Um, 
or you know we go out and we deal with the situation in at the home at the bedside mm -hmm. but just available whatever they need yeah, that and take care of them and then I've heard you say too that you tell them we're your 911 mm -hmm. now what does that mean basically we want you to call us if it, for anything for everything um, and sometimes we do have to tell you to call 911 you know patient falls and they gash their head wide open we're going to tell you to call 911 you know um, so that you get to the hospital and get stitches and stuff like that um, but we want to come out to avoid you having to go to the hospital we're not saying you can't ever go but we want to keep you home be able to handle it at home yeah um, so that's our main goal you know is a lot of them they're elderly and their immune systems are down and we want to avoid them having to go out into the public and get sick and you know a lot of those things we can handle right there and sometimes just the ride in the car or an ambulance is traumatic Absolutely. enough. So if they can stay in the comfort of their own home or the facility and take care of them, Absolutely. that's what you do. And if something, and we talked about how they can be with you for years. Also, there's the freedom of going off hospice and coming right back on. Mm -hmm. Say you feel good and you don't want it and you want to get back, you can do that too. Absolutely. Yeah. We had one recently that she came on with us and she was on with us for a couple months. Not too and then long, she, yeah. And she decided, no. I think I'm going to go have dialysis and I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> How wonderful. That's just what we talked about. That's really great. And then when even if it comes and someone calls and it's, you know, an hour or a day, you get, they get the same care from you. They get that same everything that they Absolutely. need for whatever time that they have. Absolutely. Yeah. So Emily, what is something that you'd like to leave our viewers with? We have about a minute left. Please just call us if you have any questions about hospice. Uh, we would love to educate y'all and answer any questions that you may have. And um, also, if, if there's any RNs or anybody out there that or aides that would like to come join our team or volunteers, volunteers, y'all yes. come on. <laughs> just call us. What's that number? 318-383-6748. Okay, Ashley, anything you'd like to say before we close? Um, it's been a pleasure, thank <laughs> you. Yes, um, if, if you're interested in volunteering or know somebody that would like to volunteer, just give us a call at the office and we will take care of you as best as we can. Well, thank you so much for being thank here, you. both of you. To Christus Hospice, it's a very much uh, close-knit, wonderful place. It yes. is definitely all about the care and That's comfort right. for everyone involved. And we really appreciate you being here. And I think you're helping us kind of change the view of hospice. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. everyone, for watching it. today. Uh, we'll see you next time on Healthline 3.